try not to be too long so you can get some of that good barbecue that men have prepared uh, today. Uh, <clears throat> standing out, standing out. Life can render blows that will take you off your feet. Anybody understand that, that oftentimes in life, there's some things that can happen in our lives that will simply take us off our feet. Things that are devastating and destructive hurts that seem to been there all of your life. There's some situations and some things that seem to plague us continuously in our lives. Can't imagine what it was really like for my ancestors who were born in slavery and had to endure those uh, inhumane and harsh conditions. We have too many generations that continue to be affected by the brokenness of institutional racism. Uh, people who are born into systems. Uh, that marginalize groups and make it difficult to rise and overcome certain barriers that perpetuate their ability to move beyond certain social constructs. Uh, sure, some are able to escape, but a vast majority become statistics to their own, to their circumstances. In a real sense, they are in lane, just as we see in this text, paralyzed in pathways of seeing a better tomorrow. Uh, therefore, their todays live void of hope. Today's, today, in a real sense, seems futile. Uh, today is lived as an end in itself. Life, in a real sense, is lame. Uh, this far too often is the mentality uh, that so many of our youth have an experience, not able to see a way beyond addiction, violence, and abuse. abuse. Life becomes, in some sense, in their minds and their perception, immobile, improbable, and even impossible. Uh, on some level, at some time, as I grapple with what I've just described, I would imagine that this is how this brother felt at some point in his life to be born lame and never having walked, that he had to go through a process of some things. I know it just didn't happen overnight where he becomes okay with that. Uh, he didn't know what it felt like to walk. Think about that. He never walked in his life. He had no concept of running. He never played a sport, never walked along the beach. Never played with friends outside. Never climbed like my son likes to climb all the time. Amen, somebody who has children. Uh, you know, he, he had a bunch of nevers 
in his life, never to climb a mountain and look at the view. Never by himself, in a sense. He, all of these nevers, he, uh, we all, in a real sense, have some nevers. Um, we all have some lame areas in life. Maybe it's not your legs, but uh, maybe it's something else. I was listening to someone recently talk about another minister. They said he had a photographic memory. Uh, well, I can tell you now, I don't have a photographic memory. Uh, and I wish I had a photographic member, but memory, but that's a never. Yeah, I, I don't have, I can't read something one time and, it, and retain all of it and repeat it like that. That's just a never for me. Um, as a matter of fact, one of my other nevers is that I can't, I've shared this with you before, I can't read long periods of time. I'm not a reader. That's why I have a degree in math. Uh, I, that's why I'm, I'm, a, I'm a problem solver. I can sit for six hours and figure out a math problem. And I've done it. But if you ask me to read for six hours, not going to happen. Never. Never, 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 never. It's still amazing I made it through seminary with all of that reading. That was nothing but God. Nothing but God. But I've learned that, you know, you, you, you have to be who you are. And, 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 and and, and one of the things of being who you are, you accept your deficiencies in a sense. You embrace them. You understand them. You don't allow them to stop you from doing something. So I don't reach a point. But see, what I realize and see, this I want to speak. This is separate. I'm getting out, getting away from my sermon now. Because if we're not careful, we 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 put power and we speak things over ourselves that we should. And here's what I had to learn about reading. I like knowledge. The problem wasn't reading. I used to say, you know what? I don't like to read. I don't like to read. I don't like to read. That's not true because I like knowledge. What I discovered was that I don't like to focus. It's the focusing that became an issue for me. And so therefore, I, I stopped speaking into existence that I don't like reading. That's not true. I don't like sitting there having to focus that long. So that helped me in a real sense because now, because I like knowledge, that propels me to kind of read and read and read. Uh, because the only way we can get information is to what? Read. And I believe in a real sense, and I'm so far away from my sermon now, that in times like these, <coughs> We need to be knowledgeable. Oh, I wish I could see somebody should say amen about that. In times like these, you need to read. You need to know what's going on. We just had an election. You need to know what in times like these, you need to know and be knowledgeable about what's happening. It is amazing to me how folk in this world vote against their own self-interest. 
Amen, somebody. And majority of the time, it is because of pure ignorance. Ignorance is just mean, means that you don't know anybody. You don't. You haven't really sought out the truth. Bible says, "What the truth shall set you free." <laughs> and we have a lot of people in the world that need to be what set free. I am so far away from my sermon. Say, Pastor, get back to your sermon. <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to, you know this this on some level at some time I would imagine that's how this brother felt uh, to be lame to be lame to uh, to to to, to uh, it, 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 it was to have this this lame experience of nevers and not being able to experience any certain things. And so, once again, we all have these experiences. Um, as I've pointed out, I'm, you know, with some of my abilities, there's, you can, in a real sense, say that I'm lame. I, I, I just, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do certain things. All of us, none of us possess every single gift and every single thing. And where there are certain nevers in our lives, uh, where never becomes a place. And there's some things where never becomes a place, but allow me to submit to you, but never should become your space. Uh, and I'll, 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 I'm going to get there. That never may become a place with certain things, but never should be your space. Reminded of the Hebrew boys who were thrown into a fiery furnace and in a pit, and in a real sense, that was their what place. But as you as you examine the text and as you think about the text, that they kept walking around, and even as they walked around, that all of a sudden God shows up, the angel, our Lord, the angel of the Lord shows up in the midst, but they don't burn. And in a real sense, they were praising God even in the context of that fiery pit. That was their place, but it really wasn't their space. Are y'all with me? Paul, who sat in a cell in a jail, but at the same time and began to praise God in a jail cell. He was a prisoner at that particular moment, but you know what? He, he never became trapped in in prison within his mind and his spirit and his soul that he was still able to praise God to the extent that we're told in the text and in the story that the walls of the jail began to come down. There was an earthquake and all of a sudden things began to shake up because it was his place but it was not his face. Uh, and so in a real sense we have to be careful about making permanent residence out of certain experiences that we encounter in life. You may find yourself in a certain place, but it should never become your space. Y'all know I'm in Bible country. The Bible says that we are what? In this world, but we're not really of this world. And so in a real sense, the things that we encounter, the lame areas that we encounter in life should never become your space. It might be your place, but it is not your space. Uh, so we don't take ownership 
over our nethers. All things are light and life are temporary in a real sense. Matter of fact, 1 Peter 2 and 11 says we are pilgrims and sojourners. You know, you're just passing through, right? That's all. This is not your permanent, permanent place, but it, it might be your place for now, but it's not really your space. This place and the things associated with life are temporary. It is our place, but not our space. As a matter of fact, we're also told once again that we are in this world, but not of this world. That is important to understand because we do face some nevers here. But we fix our eyes on Jesus. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but, uh, but on what is unseen, since what is temporary, uh, but what is unseen is eternal, according to Corinthians. I believe this is where this brother was operating since his place never became his space. His place never became his space. There's something in the text that gives us a glimpse into his psyche. Scripture says, Paul, watch this, Paul, I love this, Paul saw his faith Look at that, look at that. Paul saw his faith. That's what we're, we're told in the text. The text doesn't say he was standing. The text doesn't even allude, doesn't necessarily say that he was doing something. But we are told that Paul what, saw his faith. Then Paul tells him to stand at the end. See, lame was his place, but allow me to say that it was not, had never became his space. In other words, he was not relegated into believing that something would not change. I believe he learned to be content, as Paul says, you know, in the Gospels, I've learned, not in the Gospels, but in, in the Epistles, uh, I've learned to be content with my circumstances. But never stop believing that God could change those situations in an instant. And this is what Paul saw. He, he saw his faith. Scripture does not reference this based upon what he was doing once again. It is mentioned based upon what Paul sees in him. But I believe Paul saw something magnificent and marvelous operating on the inside of this man. Something that contradicted his condition. Here's a Man that's never walked. Here's a man that is lame. And yet we're told by the scripture, Paul sees his faith. Mm. This brother 
know what it was, but something was happening to where Paul could see his faith. Man. Reminded of those words when Jesus sees the faith of four friends carrying another friend and going up on the rooftop and tells them, and he heals the friend because he what? Sees the fate of the four that were carrying him. Can I pause here parenthetically and simply suggest that you ought to have some people around you where, where, where God, where Jesus can see their faith, you ought to have some faith walkers around you that even when your faith's not strong enough, that you got a company, that you got some company that you keep where Jesus can see their faith. That's a powerful story that it was because of their faith that their friend got healed. See, I don't know about you, but I, I, I want some friends like that. And so in this story, it's, it's, it's Jesus sees their faith. Just as in this story, Paul sees his faith. Can I ask you a question? Can folks see your faith? Let me, let me even bring it home close. Can church, one fellowship, can folk see your faith? Mm. Allow me to simply submit to you that right now, more than any other time in America, that Folk ought to be able to see the faith of the church. Can I bring it home and make it real just for a moment? Right now, everybody is panicking because of the coronavirus. Stores, there's no, you can't find hand sanitizer anywhere right now. Nowhere can we find hand sanitizer. But I'm wondering, church, can the world see your faith? Can the world see your faith? As fear spreads, can the world see your faith? Because the Bible declares that God didn't give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power. World, see your faith. Are we acting just like everybody else? We just in a state of panic. <sighs> Can the world see your faith? Instead of panicking, we ought to be what praying. Can I get a witness in here? See, that's seeing your faith. That when everybody else is panicked, you ought to be the one calm because you what praying. <laughs> And we shouldn't have to stock up on sanitizers. We ought to be stocking up on anointing oil. Oh, y'all missed that. Don't miss that. Uh -huh. what, you, what, what we ought to be spreading is the oil of, of God's spirit on ourselves and everywhere that we walk in the room covered knowing. 
that's what we ought to be spreading. When everybody else is panicking, we ought to be calm. We shouldn't be watching every news report, reading every article on coronavirus. Amen, somebody see. I know. I'm stepping on some toes at this point. You've read every article, anything that pops up online, every news flash of anything, you're paying attention to it. But we ought to be keeping watch for who Jesus is. Because he's still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask. That's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be focused on Jesus and not the coronavirus. We ought to be focused on the one that has the cure <laughs> to the problem and to the situation. We, the church, ought to be calling out his name constantly right now. Church, can the world see your faith? Text says that Paul saw his faith. Seeing your faith means that you see that you're able to see belief beyond burden. You didn't get that. <laughs> that somebody can see your belief beyond your burden. I believe Paul was able to see this man's belief beyond the state of his condition. what Paul saw. Paul wasn't looking at his condition. Paul saw his faith. It's amazing how sometimes when we have, we, I'm going to mess with somebody, how we like to glorify our problems. Yeah. Ooh, stop testing. We want the world to know what problems we have more than the problem solver. And so therefore we glorify our problems more than we glorify our God. Can the world see your faith? Paul saw this man's faith. As a matter of fact, it's, it, those words were penetrating. Paul didn't make, I mean, the text shares with us that he was lame, but what Paul sees is his faith, not his lameness. Paul does, is not focused on him being lame. Paul's looking at his faith, his belief that there was something about this man that was special, something about this man that was shouting that I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. exhibiting his belief. Exhibiting your faith is when you when folk can see your blessing beyond your brokenness. Amen. Let me say that again. When folk can see your blessing beyond your brokenness. When you're not walking around all the time looking like you just broke, sad, beat up, battered, 
and messed up every single day when you look like you can't smile to nobody. You mad every single day. So look, you should be mad and grimacing every single day of your life and then talking about how good your Lord is. The world needs to see what your faith. This man didn't look that way by the, by what we can conclude based upon what Paul is saying. This man didn't look like he was broken and beat up because Paul saw something different in him. In other words, people ought to be able to see your praise over your pain. Somebody ought to be able to see that new every morning are his mercies in your life. Somebody ought to experience the fact that when you got up that morning, God washed away and graced you with what you needed to step out beyond the house. And somebody ought to be able to see the mercy of God shining and coming through your life on a consistent basis every single day. If his mercies are new every morning, we ought to be able to see it every single day. Surely goodness and mercy follows you. It ought to flow from you every single day. That's how somebody sees your face. As a matter of fact, if God is that good in your life, we shouldn't see your failures. We ought to see how God picked you up and gave you another shot. We ought to see the success of what God is doing in your life, not constantly living out of your failures. Watch this. I'm going to drop this on something. Watch this. I want to tell you a secret. Faith does not fail. Y'all missed that. Faith never fails. I, I, I'm, I'm, I need you to get that in your spirit. Faith never fails. Look at somebody and say, faith never fails. Faith never fails. Faith never fails. Therefore, that led to him what? 
faith was inside. So, so it was standing out. And all he had to do was stand up. Anybody have a faith that is standing out this morning? When your faith stands out, you will be able to stand up. When your faith stands out, you will be able to stand up. It's time for our faith to stand out so that we can stand up. I think about the great pioneers of the civil rights movement and all those that contributed to its, its success. It was simply their faith what standing out. And that's what caused them to what? Stand up. We still have a long way to go in this country today. And we need the church to what? Church folk, people of God to stand out because there's some things that we need to stand up for. that will confuse the enemy 
because in matter of fact, folk ought to see you and wonder, how can you smile? How can you laugh? Because they need to see the faith in you even when they see all of the other things. The thing that they ought to see in you, just as Paul points out, Paul saw his faith, not his lameness. They shouldn't see the lame areas of your life. They ought to see the God in your life and how powerful God is in your life. Your faith ought to stand out. And when your faith stands out, you're able to stand out. So right now, I ought to have a church full of folk this morning ready to stand up because you've got a faith. You ought to have a faith that's standing out right now. Standing out beyond your brokenness. Standing out beyond your hurts. Standing out beyond your pain. Standing out beyond your frustrations. Because you are a child of God. You are an heir. You are uh, an heir who, for, for, for the riches and glory, you are somebody. You ought to let the world know that I'm not just anybody. I am somebody. And that's somebody. I belong to God. And they ought to see the God in you coming and going every day of your life. Your faith ought to stand out. It ought to stand out. Doors of the church are. Hi, my name is Nicholas Worse. I'm the executive minister here at One Fellowship Church in Waco, Texas. I just want to say thank you for listening. You can learn more about our church online at onefellowshipumc.org. And you can like us on Facebook to stay up to date with all the latest events in our community. Please feel free to share this message and others online so that more people can learn about what God is doing here at One Fellowship. Thank you, and God bless.